This episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all our wonderful patrons. <laughs> you can get tons of exclusive content that helps us keep the show going by joining patreon.com slash shonenflop. Welcome to Shonen Flop Chibi. First impressions mini episode where we talk about the first chapter of the series we'll be covering in depth next week with our guest Andy's Islands. Woo! I'm Jordan. And with me today as usual is my wonderful, beautiful Beautiful, thick co-host David. Say hi, David. Hi, David. Or rather, say hi, David. Trying to do like a religious chant that's not offensive. Yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> Though, speaking of thick, <laughs> I've got a joke or a setup for this series. Yeah, David. Uh, if you can say that in French, probably be good. Hey, bonjour, je m'appelle Enchanté Baguette. Oui, oui, escargot. <laughs> it's like that scene from uh, Scary Movie 4 where they're talking Japanese, but instead of that, they were literally just saying the names of Japanese brands. <laughs> the ghost like was like, Honda, Samurai, Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, David, but anyway, what series are we covering this week? We're talking about that dummy thick Butsu Zone, and no, I actually still don't know how I'm supposed to say it, because just calling it Butsu Zone just sounds funnier. That's funnier. I think it is Butsu Zone, but... Yeah, the Butsu is supposed to be a reference to Buddha, which is not... The series is not obscure with its references to Buddha. This might be the most religious series that we've covered, like genuinely religious. Like, yeah, a lot of manga that's like, oh, look, there's Christian imagery, but like, it's not actually Christian. No, this is Buddhist. Yeah, this is a Buddhist series and it is serious about it. Mm -hmm. I'll get into more detail here. Yeah. The author is Hiroyuki Takei, which, oh, David, oh, I have so much nostalgia for this. He made Shaman King. I uh, did a Shaman King reread last year. I actually dropped it on my reread because I just was is like, oh, it really turns into a slog in the last like quarter of the series. No, it's mid, but I really loved it as a kid. I had an Angel Fire site called Shaman Kingdom. Oh, God. What a great name. Yeah, it was uh, it was bad, but that's OK. It was my first time with HTML. A love affair you've had ever since. Oh, yes. Though I have moved on to React. Oh, I do love that hy hypertext markup language. Oh, I can't wait to hear your Reacts to this series. <laughs> anyway, this ran from February 18th, 1997 to July 1st, 1997. So this predates Shaman King. Yep. This was his first attempt and it, it only got to 22 chapters and three volumes. I can't believe something this old actually is fully translated because the translation is actually pretty good for a manga this old. For a manga this old, it's pretty good. I mean, like, it is way above some of the garbage we read, like Bokus on translation or Philosophy School's translation. I will say this is better than uh, philosophy school. Oh, yeah. But you'd have to be really, really bad to be <laughs> as bad or worse than philosophy school. Yep. But also the series weirdly has a French moment, yeah. which is apparently because it was scanlated from the French version. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is hilarious. And they just were like, this is too much effort to redraw this to translate. So they just left it in French. Yeah, it's really funny. Tucker must have had a great time. Tucker, I believe, is fluent in French, so he must have enjoyed seeing the French when he was reading it. Oh, hell yeah. Like, there are tiny translations on the side that I didn't read, but they're there. 
This reminds me how um, I messaged um, Evan after our, our recording, because did you know that there's like a really old manga joke where people, when they were like translating yen into real world currency, they would include Norwegian kroner. And that became like a joke because like one of the like, there was like a really big scandalation group that translated English, but they were based in Norway. So they would give currency conversions in their currency, which seems insanely random if you don't know that the translator was Norwegian. Yeah, that's really funny. Yeah, I haven't seen that joke in a long time, but Love is War had it where the translator was like, 100 yen is worth like eight kroner. And I was like, what? That doesn't. Yeah, that doesn't help me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So that just became like a joke where people would list the kroner conversion. I love really old scanlations. For those who don't know, what's great about old school translations is that there's apparently a word in Japanese that basically means different levels of curse words depending on the context. Yep. So if you re- if you read old school Naruto, they just say like fuck all the time. They're just always like fuck shit. God damn that fucking Sasuke. It's really funny. Yeah, because I know Japanese doesn't have curse words in the way that English does. It seems to be contextual. But anyway, speaking of context, why don't I give some context for this series? Yeah, Jordan's killing it. Hell yeah, this is the plot summary of the first chapter of Butsuzon. So the Buddha was like really cool and basically a superhero, right? Yeah, he's a cool guy. Doesn't afraid of anything. Yeah, oh, that's an old meme. Anyway, some mafia dudes are messing with a Buddhist temple where a little girl lives. They try making fun of her kicking rad statue of the Bodhisattva Canon, who legends say possessed 1,000 arms to help people with. The mafia guys aren't religious, though, clearly. Until it moves. Ooh. A little boy named Senju pops out to punish them for threatening a young girl, and it freaks the bad guys out so much that they run away. Senju, it turns out, is an M of Bodhisattva Canon from the Buddha's land, which I guess is just where all the Buddhas live. The girl, whose name is Sachi, wakes up in the temple to find her grandfather just kind of hanging out with that weird boy who saved her life. What the hell? How dare he? She is like weirdly angry about this, even though he saved her life. Senju explains that he's a Buddha who lived in Buddha's country, which I think is what the Butsu Zone is. It's a little confusing how they word it yes it's right next to the auto zone though actually yeah oh yeah get in zone bootsu zone that was literally um andy just sent us like a mock-up of the art and i just told our artist like hey can you draw this mock-up hell yeah <laughs> so i'll see how she responds it's a really good mock-up oh yeah it's great he did an awesome job yeah, but anyway, Senju melted with the statue in order to gain a physical form. Senju was ordered to come to Earth in order to protect the Buddha Miroku, who is supposed to show up, and I'm serious about this number, 5,670,000,000 years after the original Buddha died. I believe I've heard this before. I think that that is actually the teaching in Buddhism. However, there was apparently, according to this manga, a translation error and by years they also meant men and it just so happens that the earth's population has reached that number which means it's time for miroku to be born and save all of mankind senju must come and show him the path of enlightenment as well as keep him from dying i guess sachi thinks that buddhas ain't shit (laughs) because she's a poor orphan and that fucking sucks so she runs off her grandpa explains that he found her 10 years ago on david's birthday 
birthday. Oh, thank you. Which, by the way, for those who don't know, David was born on New Year's Eve. And she just like randomly appeared with no note or anything. And he took her to be a gift from Buddha. So he took her in. That's definitely not foreshadowing. Popcorn David. <laughs> Sachi is out delivering milk on her bike when she runs into a bunch of little ladies surrounding Senju and praying with him. Sachi yells at her for tricking them, but he explains to her the power of prayer as a car full of bad guys drives past him towards the temple. She runs over and finds that she's too late. Oh no. The temple has been demolished by the boss of the bad guys, <gasps> Mike. Not to be confused with our wonderful patron, Mike. That's literally his name, Mike. God. <laughs> it's always it's white great. people. Yeah. Yeah, literally, yeah. It's the Mike user. It's kind of the Yakuza, but it feels like it's not. It's confusing. Yeah, it's very confusing. They're picking out her grandpa because he wants to find the little boy who scared his men. When Mike hits Sachi, Senju shows up and bonks him on the head for hitting a little girl. Oh, God, <laughs> I hope that's not related to horny jail. Uh... Mike tells all his guys to shoot the little boy and then conveniently asks Senju to tell the audience about the cool golden golden band around his arm. It makes armor appear and he doesn't know what a gun is, but it'll probably protect him. Mike has everyone shoot him, but thankfully a ton of metal arms burst out from the armband and catch all the bullets because he's actually the king of hearts. And that's the second time we've made that reference <laughs> in the show. Oh, I love how his arms just immediately react and know what to do, which uh, you know what? Godly arms. I'm not even going to question that, actually. Yeah, I still remember in that scene in G Gundam where they're like, no one can catch that many bullets. Like, how many <laughs> bullets caught do you expect a normal person to be able to do? I also love that that's never brought up again. Like, that never happens again in the entire show. They just can catch bullets. Irrelevant to the rest of the series. <laughs> right? He then recites a prayer in French, and Mike freaks out and tries to drive construction equipment into him. Well, we really know it was the French that was freaking him out, not prayer. Yeah. But Senju beats the shit out of it and warns Mike that he'll be going to hell, which I guess exists in Buddhism. I honestly don't know. Yeah, I guess he says hell, specifically hell. Like, he doesn't say, oh, the the land in Buddhism where bad people go. This reminds me how, um, you know, in Star Wars, I think Han Solo tells someone to go to hell. And because of that, they had to mechanically explain what hell is in the context of Star Wars. <laughs> oh, Star Wars fans are ridiculous. Yeah, uh, Sachi and her grandpa find a new house. And Senju says that while he came to look for Moroku, he found him very quickly because he's Sachi. Sachi is very surprised to learn that she is both trans and a Buddha. But Senju is determined <laughs> to help them awaken. Trans right. So I guess we really did pick a good LGBT manga for Pride Month. I guess so. Yeah. Sachi does, makes absolutely zero mention or and doesn't respond to the fact that Moroku is a guy. I feel like that would be one of my first questions. Right. I have many questions. I have a lot of questions, though. Yeah. And I have a lot of first impressions. But Jordan, what, did, what really stood out to you? What, what did you think of this? I think it is genuinely interesting to learn about Buddhism. I think so, too. I think it is the world's largest religion. If not, then it's obviously one of them. It's in the conversation, as they say. It's in the conversation, like, um, because, you know, the population in East Asia is just so much more massive than the Western world where Christianity. Yeah. But it's also a culture that I've never really known that much about. I mean, you know, I've gotten like the light details, but yeah, nah, this guy is like into it. I am surprised. But also, like, I see the seeds of what would eventually turn into Shaman King. Yeah, I completely agree. I think this is definitely a very quintessential, like, he had to get some bad ideas out to make it work because I can just, I don't really know what's going on in this series. Like, this was hard to make guesses for because there's not really any structured plot yet. Yeah. Shaman King was lucky it was early enough that having a tournament arc-based manga, like, was kind of interesting, but it's still, like, that also was a pretty thin plot. 
Shaman King also waited. Well, I mean, they said that he's got a fight in the Shaman fight, but like that didn't happen immediately. Yeah. Yeah, like you got to know the character before that really happened. And the Shaman tournament is also also feels more like Highlander style yeah. fighting. Like it's not like here are the brackets. We're going to set you up. Oh, now it's your turn, yo. And also, it was just really nostalgic to see this art style. Oh yeah. He has a very specific and personal art style that is only his. Like, if I didn't know this was by him, I think I still would have been like, oh, this looks a lot like Shaman King. Yeah, I think the art for the time is is fine. It's not anything exceptional. Yeah. I do want to say the paneling is very lazy, but maybe it was due to restrictions at the time. Like, it's again, it's all just squares. Definitely. And I, I mean, it might also be uh, a lack of experience. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would be curious if there is actually like a moment where manga really started experimenting or if it's just purely on the authors when they do just squares. Also, I want to say it's interesting to compare this to Shaman King because what happens in this one is a religious supernatural figure fuses with an inanimate object. <laughs> and that is also something that happens in Shaman King. Yeah. Was there other things? Because I'll be honest, I really didn't actually like this chapter very much. But were there things that you liked besides just the art is fine? It is interesting to learn about Buddhism, but otherwise, like, I didn't really have any positives. I would read another 10 chapters of this purely on nostalgia and interest in learning about Buddhism. So is that a no, though? If I was reading this one, it'd come out, no. Yeah. The art also has continuity issues. Like, did you notice that there was a lot of scars switching sides and just missing? Yeah, I think that's very fair. There were also moments where the art became very rudimentary and in like a strange different style. Yeah. David, I also always, every time it happens, think it's really funny when a bunch of guys stand around in a circle to shoot at a guy in the middle of the circle. Oh, yeah, because what happens if they miss? Or if it goes through the kid. Like, guys, you're fucking... Like, I would love it if they did that one time and then just all the guys died. I'm sure some series has done that. I feel like I've seen that as a joke in different places. Yeah, it's also so much exposition and so little really happens. Like page 20, nothing of substance has actually happened in this manga by like the length of a normal chapter. So much of this manga is dedicated to explaining uh, different aspects of Buddhism and kind of proselytizing to you, which like if this was Christian, I would drop it immediately and just be extremely annoyed. Yeah, that might be how I feel if I was born into an East Asian culture that was a lot more familiar with this. But since I'm not, I actually find it pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree. And you know what else I find interesting is the fact that I don't think either of us would keep reading this manga, if that's right. Yeah. <laughs> And then, Jordan, what do you think will happen next? This is, as David mentioned, very confusing to, and difficult to make guesses for. But I think Sachi will very suddenly turn into Moroku in the last chapter. Yeah. And I think Senju will sacrifice his physical form to defeat a bad guy. And I think that there will be an enemy Buddha who... The anti-Buddha like an anti-Buddha who has similar powers that Senju must fight. It's actually, it turns into it is like Shaman King and it's all just different Buddhas fighting. No, literally. Like something like that. What if this is like over the top and they have to arm wrestle, but everyone has like a hundred arms? Oh, that would be sick. Yeah. Actually, I would love that. We'd be like, this manga sucked except for the arm wrestling chapter. Like we've seen it before where just one chapter of a manga is like 10 times better than everything else in the manga. So that's not out of the question. <laughs> And David, what are your guesses? So I think there's going to be some sort of ham-fisted mecha element, much like Shaman King. I've heard the author is actually quite obsessed with mecha, but he never has like a good excuse just to make a mecha manga. I think that's fair. Remember how the X-Laws all just had like robots? 
Yeah. It turns out Sachi isn't the chosen one and it's a twist. Ooh. And I think Grandpa is actually like a baddest warrior and he's going to come out of retirement. I think that's fair. Again, it's just there's not much to draw on. There is not. Like, I can't express to you, reader, how much of this chapter is just talking about Buddhism. Yeah. We don't get exposition on Senju so much as Buddhism. David, what's your power? Mine is dilapidated. This is just really old fashioned and not, I would say, in a great way where you've really seen how manga has really improved in 30 years since this came out. No, you see it in the way that Hiroyuki Takei actually improved a bit. That's kind of it. Oh, yeah. Shaman King is way better than this. Yeah, Shaman King is way better. It's definitely not the best, but I will always have a love for Shaman King, and it is absolutely better than this. <laughs> What's your word? Holy, as in H-O-L-E. I get it. Why? Get it? Yeah. There's, there are a lot of holes in this manga. The series puts the palm in Psalm. Yeah. Got him. <laughs> I thought that was clever. Uh, Leave me alone. No, uh, yeah. I mean, Buddha, Buddha's palm is the thing. Like, the entire earth is in Buddha's palm. And then let's get into the Q&A. I'm excited. We had some really fun questions this week. And just a reminder, you can post your questions in the Shonen Flop Discord, and we can probably do those who haven't had a question answered in a long time, first-time question askers and patrons. So yeah. starting from the top, we have from T. Wolfwood, choose a Shonen Flop protagonist for all of the Dungeons & Dragons classes. Now, fun fact, we had this question last week, but we were like this. We really want to think about this. Yep. So we gave ourselves, I guess, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks ago to like build up the answers that we were satisfied with. So I was thinking we'll go from the top. Uh, we'll just say who we are. So just say the character from the series and we'll just list it. And then if you feel yours is better than mine, we'll argue about it. All yeah. right. And just a note, I think T. Wolfwood forgot Artificer, which is the only non-player's handbook class that is officially, I guess, canon for lack of a better word. And that is the Artificer. So we'll start with that. Jordan, who did you have? I had Harry Makito from uh, Tricks Dedicated to Witches. That's a good one. That was, I think, on my yeah. list, but I had him elsewhere. I went with Usumagi from Doranki, where they are both magical and an inventor. So I thought that really fit into like the Artificer, because if you weren't aware, Artificers can cast spells. I think that that makes a lot of sense. I went to Harry Makito because he's magical, but the magic comes from things that he creates. And it's more about illusion than anything else. I mean, they're illusions, Mike. My thought was he doesn't directly build the stuff. What do you mean? Well, remember, he has a uh, what's her name? Ashley build the stuff for him. He just designs it. I mean, that's how all architecture works. I'm, you know, like, I yeah. mean, Frank Lloyd Wright didn't literally build his houses. He just took credit for the people who did. I think for the sake of time, we might not be able to fully argue who has the better one. So maybe it's just good just to say in your explanation. Sorry, because I realize there's like nine more to go through. For yeah. Barbarian, I had Kaname Tatara from Zipman because he is dumb and he likes punching things. I think that's fair. I had Kaido from Ayashimon because he is also dumb and likes punching oh, things. Oh, but I thought there was a better dumb punch class, but we'll get into that in a second. Who did you have for Bard? I was actually shocked that we had the yeah, same person. Yeah, we both had the same idea. Which is Tepe Sasaki from Time Paradox Ghostwriter. I mean, it makes sense. It makes sense. I mean, here's the thing. This is a visual medium. And so it's very rare that you have an actual musician as like the main protagonist, unless, you know, it's a manga specifically about music, which I don't think we have read on this show. No. I almost put in Tai from Double Taisei, but the thing is that that's just something he does in one chapter and is not relevant to the rest of the manga. Yeah, it's really not. No. And then, Jordan, for Cleric, I had Gomez from High School Family. <laughs> I really like that. For me, I had just the main girl from Monster Tamer Girls. I don't remember her name because that manga is not super memorable. No, that's fair. Who'd you have for Druid? I had Tama from Nikowapa. That's a great call for a Druid. 
Yeah, because like druids, their magic is animal based and all her magic is uh, kitty based. Oh, she's a good kitty cat. How about you? I had Moraking for Moraking. That is also really good choice. And then for fighter, I had Dokusung from a dark mage. That makes a lot of sense. For me, I actually had Hellwarden Higuma. Interesting. I feel like fighters are more, I mean, they're more skilled. They do use weapons. And I feel like Higuma is definitely more skill-based than just dumb punching guy. And he has like a couple weapons that he uses. So I thought that was a good pick. I think that's totally fair. Also, Jordan. Yeah. And then Jordan, I actually had your, one of your picks for Monk. I actually had uh, Maru from Ayashimon because he likes to punch things, but uses his bare hands. That's very fair. I had Nehru from, uh, you know... I thought that was just the easy route. Yeah, but it's easy because it makes sense. Totally makes sense. Yeah. And then Jordan, who'd you have as your ranger? So this is interesting because we picked the same manga, but different characters. Yeah. I had Grimm from Hunter's Guild because she she really knows the forest. She knows about monsters and she has like a ton of different like weapons and stuff. Some of them are a lot of them are like long range. Mm -hmm. I feel like she would be a good ranger. Yeah, I completely agree. And then I just said the main character likewise. He's a hunter for the same reasons. Yeah, I mean, in the good part of Hunter's Guild, it's a Deuteragonus situation. And when it's bad, it, he becomes the protagonist. Yeah. And then Jordan, guess what? We actually have another agreement where <laughs> we both book away from ITLC as a rogue. I can't believe we agreed again. But yeah, she is. Uh, she's very much about subterfuge and she wears disguises. She sneaks in. She breaks into people's houses. Exactly. I couldn't think of anybody else who really did stuff like that and was like as sneaky and tricky as her. I it was. No, it's, it's absolutely the right call. Yeah. And then Jordan, who was your paladin? My paladin was actually Kaname from Zitman. Where's the religious element play into it? It's not so much the religious element as the fact that he views himself as this hero who stands for something greater than himself, but he also punches things. And he's like definitely somebody who would put himself in front of everybody else to like take a hit. That's fair. For mine, I actually had uh, Tama from Nico Wapa because I felt like much like why you put her in your choice. I just felt yeah. that she was a bit sturdier. She's much more strength based, but she still has that religious element. Yeah, she has a religious element. I think that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. All right. And then Jordan, for my warlock, I actually had the main character from Trick's Dedicated Witches. I just felt like I totally see the artificer, but I felt like if he was actually magical, he would consider himself a warlock given how he tries to make people think he's magical. I couldn't figure out the difference between warlock, sorcerer, and wizard, so I had to Google it. And warlock, according to what I read, it's like they get their power from a higher power. So I went with Mitama from Mitama Security yeah. because the powers that he has does come from something supernatural. I actually had him as a sorcerer, so I can totally see that argument. Yeah, I guess David just spoiled his next yeah, one. Yeah. And then who was your sorcerer? Moraking. So what made you want him to be a sorcerer? You know, when I looked it up, it's like the difference between sorcerer and wizard is that sorcerers are like are like born yeah. with the magic. And we literally see Morikin get born with magic. That's fair. And then finally, Jordan, who's your wizard? That asshole from Hungry Joker. Speaking of assholes, I had Ginka from Ginka and Gluna, who is like the most like capital W wizard, I think, in any series. Oh, yeah. No, she is. She's literally a wizard. Oh, I picked no Ginka. Oh, again, he's literally a wizard. Yeah, that works a lot. Yeah. Oh, man. But that was a really fun question. T-Wolfwood, thank you so much. Yeah. And then we actually have a D&D theme with these questions. So moving on, Redblade asks, who would be the big bad guy if you were to pick from a Shonen Flop protagonist? So a protagonist as the bad guy for this party to take on. That asshole from Hungry Joker. <laughs> sure. 
Or Jim Naruto, he'd be, he'd also be good. I think Jim Naruto would be great because he's just <laughs> he's got the charisma. He would be an interesting bad guy. He's the definition of a bad guy who thinks he's a good guy. Yeah, but he's like extremely racist, <laughs> right? It's hilarious. Yeah. A final question from me. I'm sorry, everyone, we couldn't get to the art question. We'll definitely try and do some extra ones next, but we are just a little bit over recording time. And so I actually was curious, if you were to use the flop manga to represent the nine Dungeons and Dragons alignments, what would you pick? So I tried to do this in a way that didn't reflect the quality of the manga. And for the most part, I failed at that. <laughs> All of my evils are bad series. But why don't we yeah. take it from the top? So Jordan, who did you ever represent lawful good? Hard-boiled cop and dolphin. That's exactly what I had to. There's no, there's, that's, that's 100% <laughs> that's to a T. Yeah. And then for neutral good, I had Mago-chan. I had Mora King. I actually thought Mora King is like the definition of chaotic good. That's pretty good. My chaotic good was double Taisei. That's a great choice for double Taisei as well. Yeah, yeah. And then who was your lawful neutral? Well, what was your chaotic good? Mora King. Oh, I got you. Uh, my lawful neutral was I Tell C. I Tell C. I thought that, but it's such a chaotic series. I had it for chaotic neutral for a while. I was in a similar headspace where I put it in Ghost Detective for lawful neutral. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. You mean Kako? Yeah. Yeah. Kako and the false detective, David. And then Jordan, who was your true neutral? Uh, Monster Hunter Araje, because <sighs> it's just like the most neutral thing I've ever read in my life. I thought we were going to agree for a second. I put Monster Tamer Girls. Ooh. Because nothing really happens in that series. Nothing happens in that series, but I feel like everyone in that series is like good in some way. You know, it's a very it's too sweet for to me for it to just be neutral. Yeah. And what was your chaotic neutral? Make chaotic neutral was level E because the prince really does whatever the fuck he wants. Mine was teen Renaissance David. That's a great choice for it. Because it's an insane thing, and it's also like, I don't feel like you can call anyone in that series like entirely good or entirely evil. I don't know, Mannequin Piss. Mannequin Piss uh, goes beyond morality. Yeah, he's a, it's your renaissance ride or die. Yeah, and then for our next one, I think that we're going to agree with a lot of things. Uh, what was your lawful evil? I put champagne because of those fucking boomers. <laughs> I put Tokyo Shinobi Squad because... That's a great choice for a lawful evil. Yeah, because they uphold very racist laws. Yes. And then who is your neutral evil? I also, by the way, I originally had um, school judgment, but that just transcends evilness. Well, we'll talk about it. Uh, <laughs> my my neutral evil was Build King. Mine too. Yeah. I don't feel like we need to explain why other than it fucking sucks. Yeah. And then speaking of fucking sucks, what was your chaotic evil? It was actually school judgment because ah. I know that they're lawyers, but school judgment is illegal. It is an illegal manga to me. I actually had Ginka and Luna in because it's bad and it's also absolutely chaotic in what goes on in that series. I think that's very fair. Oh, man, that was a really fun question. Thank you, everyone, for submitting. Yeah. We will definitely try and get some shorter questions next time. But these were just a lot of fun to think about. And yeah. all that's left now is let's get into some shout outs. So, Jordan, I want to start by saying thank you so much for all of your hard work on the show and editing the Chibi episodes. David, thank you so much. Thank you so much for everything that you do. It, it means a lot to no. me. Props to Shannon for the awesome cover. Find her online at Illuminati. Thanks to Dylan for assistance with editing. Find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at AnimeOutContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord. It's open to everyone, patron or not. Come hang out with us, talk about anime games or whatever else is on your mind. We even have a monthly movie night. Find a link to it in the show notes are on our site and as we said again that is where you are able to place your questions for the q a and if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going consider subscribing to our patreon wouldn't be able to keep the show running without their support get a ton of awesome perks including bonus episodes jordan what bonus episode did we release this month 
it was the final episode of our long form look at Magu-chan, God of Destruction. Hell yeah, it was, we had Tucker and Maxi B for our first ever two guest episode. Oh man, the editing on that one was tough, but it was worth it. It was a lot of fun. And congrats again, Maxi B, for having the birth of your daughter. Oh, hell yeah. Congratulations, Maxi B. And then you could even be sitting and listening to our recordings or listening to the warm-up audio. Find it at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And I'm going to list off our wonderful patrons. Yes. Starting with the Chainsaw Man patrons, we have Dude Man Broga and Submissive and Breedable Milf-Seeking Gandhi Ginger Weave. Oh, speaking of Submissive and Breedable. <laughs> oh, Finster, what a fun, fun guy that guy is. And then we have our Dolphin Dad patron, which is David Jordan Dillon, Remington Sean. Which of you is wearing pants right now? You'll have to listen in to find out. Oh boy, I'm not going to spoil anything I want. I want to leave whether I'm wearing pants up to fan interpretation. One of us is not wearing pants. You'll have to f- try and figure out who it is. Ooh. And then moving on down to the Ravioli tier where you get exclusive pictures of my adorable ice cream cone dog. She got fixed, so she's been wearing a cone. We have Chris, Eva, Israfant, Josh Robinson, Karate Chopsticks, Rachel, my wonderful fiance. She heard I did a really great job on a presentation and got me McDonald's to celebrate because she was out of town. Scarlet Ridden and Trevor Schechner. Then moving on down to the King of the Forest, we have 090Z, Shala Florine, Ego, Gabe Lando, Jacob Andrew Galloway, Kirby Mon, Marty, Max Baker, T, the Dungeon Master Next Door, The Real Joy, The Wolf, The Wind, Trafalgar, and Tommy Boy. Moving on down to the Galactic Paul Federation officers, we have a midsize sedan, Indies Islands, who will be our guest on our next episode, so thank you for also being a patron. Blah Moo, Brian Sexton, David Ackerson, Dennis James Moan, Drago, Drew, Dylan Kreider, our wonderful Nigel, Generic Man, Green, Hans, Heavy Metal Hermit Crab, Keanu, Lincoln Frey, Manly P. Hall, Marabara, my dad, Matt Sullivan. Mike Carpenter, no relation to the villain of the series. Ralph <laughs> Iskoff, Resident Warhammer Nerd, Rosanna Mendoza, Ryan Jasinski, Sarah Hydra, Scott Fischler, Simic for Senpai Ash, Staghorn, Tapir Clip, our very own Tucker, Wright, and ZZ Digital. Thank you all so much, along with our wonderful Beast Children patrons. Thank you. And David, I would like to clarify something to the audience. At least one of us is not wearing pants. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Anything else, Jordan, you want to add? Yeah, check out Mission Ignition, my website's jordanforbes.art, and also, uh, this past week has been hard for me on, like, personal levels, and my my lovely girlfriend, Steph, has been there for me. So thank you so much, Steph. Oh, she's great. She is. And thank you so much for listening. Tune in next Monday as we give our full thoughts on Butsu Zone, featuring Andy's Islands. This has been Jordan. This has been David. And you've been listening to Show and Flop. David, say it. Keep on flopping floppers.